Simon Allah today is going to be on a topic that's a little bit past its time, I guess, but we didn't have yeshiva when, uh, when it was relevant. On Hoshana Rabbah, at the end of everyone beating down their Hoshanas, whatever their uh, minag is to do. So what do people do with the Hoshanas, with those bundles right afterwards? Uh, so you say, I, I just heard four different answers. But someone said, you throw it on top of the Yaron. Apparently there is this minag Yisrael that people have, that they take the Hoshanas and they throw them on top of the Yaron. So I want to discuss whether that is appropriate or not, what the basis of that minag is, and if it's something that we should do. The, the halacha is that normally whenever you have something that was used for a mitzvah, such as uh, lula of esrog, any tashmishe mitzvah, what's the halacha after the zman mitzvah, once the zman mitzvah is over, tashmishe mitzvah, the megillah tells the after zman mitzvah, son, nizrakin. You can throw them out after the zman mitzvah, but you have to do it in a kavadikah way. So you put it in a separate bag, you wrap it up. In fact, this is one of those shailas that I get, that I, I, I'm in the middle of composing a list of, of shailas that, that people ask every single year, even though it comes up every single year. For some reason, it's one of those things that people forget. Every year I get the shaila, what do I do with my lulav? I don't know, what did you do with your lulav last year? You know, but still, every year, somehow, people forget. So but the halacha is that tashmishim mitzvah, lachazman mitzvah, and the By the way, if you have any ideas of more items to put on that list of shailas that people ask every year, I'm thinking about, you know, like a good gimmick shear, top ten shailas people ask every year. So let me know what, what you come up with. I, I thought of uh, Havdallah and Ner Which one comes first? So whenever someone asks me that, I say, uh, what did you do last year? Again, <laughs> or I'll say, uh, whatever your minig is. I have no idea what my minig is. We have, there's a minig about this? It's okay, so you let me know later. But anyway, the, the, the minig of throwing the Aravis on top of the Aron is somewhat of a strange minig. We generally don't throw things at our Aron Kodesh or on top of our Aron Kodesh. But you have to, whenever you're questioning a minig, there are two ways that one could ask a question. Uh, there are two types of questions one can ask. One type of question is, that's strange. Why would we do that? That's not the strongest question, meaning you would just need some sort of uh, explanation for why you would do it. But sometimes the question becomes stronger. The question is not just, that's strange, why do we do that? The question is, that's wrong, why do we do that? Meaning that there's some sort of problem here, la halacha. That becomes a much more forceful question. That becomes something that, that's uh, much more difficult to deal with. It's certainly a strange minag because the Aron itself is Tashmishe Kedusha. That's clear in the Shulchan Aruch and Sim Kofnundalid, Siv Gimel. The Mishabru over there in Siv Katantas explains why is it Tashmishe Kedusha. Normally, Tashmishe Kedusha, which, which by the way, can never be thrown out. Tashmishe Kedusha are Nignazin. They need to be put in Shemus. If you recall, last year, I think, or maybe even earlier this year, I don't remember when it was. We had a discussion about uh, the Hebrew Academy of Long Beach had a major shayla when they moved from their Long Beach campus to the Woodmere campus. They had a gigantic Aron Kodesh on their Long Beach campus, and they didn't know what to do with it because it wasn't going into their new campus. It wasn't nice. It wasn't fitting in with the decor. A massive Aron Kodesh. The halacha, strictly speaking, is an Aron Kodesh Tashmishi Kedusha Nignazin. You have to bury such a thing. You can't, uh, you can't just throw it out. Why is it Tashmishi Kedusha after all? Normally, in order for something to be Tashmishi Kedusha, it has to come in direct contact with the Ksav Shel Torah, with the Kedusha itself. The Aron Kodesh doesn't come in direct contact with the Ksav Shel Kedusha. So the Mishabur and Sivkantas Tas explains that even though the Sefer Torah is covered, the Aron is, is still ta- a Tashmish Kedusha and not just a Tashmish to Tashmish because the whole kunz of the Aron is L'Kavada Sefer Torah. The whole idea of building an Aron is L'Kavada Sefer Torah. So even though it doesn't directly touch the Ksav Shel Kedusha, 
it elevates the entire Aron to Tashmish Kedusha. Chasam Sofer in Chelik Vav Simin Yud in his Shuvis explains differently. He says, no, sometimes you put the Sefer Torah away and the mantle of the Sefer Torah like, uh, gets hiked up a little bit and somehow the Aron sometimes will touch the cloth. And that's what makes it a Tashmish Kedusha. Nafkamina would be like we have in Maishul. We have a, a giant safe where we keep the Sefer Torah, but a safe is unsightly. It doesn't look nice in uh, such a massive, magnificent shul like mine to have just a, uh, a safe in front. If you've ever been there, you'd get the joke. But the, the, uh, the, to have a safe in front, of, in front of the shul. So what do we do? They, we had a guy build a, a beautiful wood um, aron around the safe. Now, the wood thing around the safe never, ever touches the Sefer Torah. It's not even, it, it's just something that's built around the safe. But it is made entirely for the cover of the Sifrei Torah. So according to the Chassam Sofer, it would not have a din of Tashmish According to the Nishabrura, it might, because it's entirely made for the cover of the, uh, the Sefer Torah. Now in the Sefer Ginzei HaKodesh, Perak Yud Ches, Ches, he points out, if you assume that an Aron has the status of Tashmish Kedusha, which as we said, is certainly a Halacha Mufureshes in Shulchan Aruch, he says, "Saruch iun minagze ech yanichu davar shemidina de gemara enotan geniza el nizrak v'yanichu al tashmishe kedusha." How could you take something that midina de gemara you're allowed to throw in the garbage and put it instead of in the garbage on top of tashmishe kedusha? Throw it on top of the Aron Kodesh. Meaning, this question is not just a "Oh, that's strange" question. This question is an "Oh, that's wrong" question. So, how is it that we're allowed to do that? So in the Sefer Ginzei Kodesh, he says, well, it could be that since uh, the Aron is, uh, the, the, the purpose of the Aron is to hold, contain that which is within it, maybe it's only Tashmish and Kedusha for the inside of the Aron. But maybe since it's not meant to hold things on top of it, so whatever you put on top of it, it's not considered Tashmish and Kedusha for that. That's a very, very dachuk answer as far as I'm concerned. Because imagine, you, have, uh, you want to have lunch and uh, you don't have a tablecloth. So you just go over to your own Kodesh, take a mantle off of the Sefer Torah, lay the uh, mantle out on the, uh, on the table and have your lunch on it. Right? No problem. Why? Because after all, the mantle of the Sefer Torah is meant to be Tashmish <coughs> Kedusha for that which is inside of it, to contain the Kedusha. So I'm, I could use the outside now as a tablecloth. No, you can't. That's, that's crazy. You can't use the outside <coughs> as a tablecloth. So it would seem that that's, this answer is very, very dachuk. Um, there is an interesting Shailen Poskin whether an old Aron Kodesh could be used as an Aron for a mace. Can you use it as a, uh, as a coffin? And that may relate to whether you view a Jewish body as Kedusha, how, to what extent do you take that that comparison which Chazal have already of a uh, of of a Jewish person's body being like a Sefer Torah itself, that when uh, when a person dies, you tear kriya just like when a Sefer Torah is burnt, you tear kriya. Chazal uh, link those two with each other, but that's a different. Um, a different question for for a different time. So what we have here is a real shaila. It happens to be someone pointed out to me that if you look at the aravos on top of the aron, for those of you who have such a thing in the shul, you, you could put the the aravos on top of the aron, and and it's miraculous. For like a month, they stay green. 
you put them in your lulav, and for five minutes they turn black and they start falling off. I don't know why that is, if someone could explain that to me scientifically, but so for a month they stay green on top of the yarn. But that's not really a halacha. Okay, the, the minag of putting it on top of the yarn is not the only minag of what to do with the hoshanos after you're done with it. There are four minhagim that are recorded that I was able to find by, by Rishonim and Achronim. The Chai Adam writes in Kufnun Gimel Oz Gimel that once you finish the hoshanos, you hit it on the ground five times and he says by the way you don't need to hit it more than five times that's enough and he says that which people hit it until all the leaves come off it's a childish minag because it's gishmak. but he says after you do the beating don't throw the arovas on the ground because it's Tashmisha Mitzvah. You can't be knowing Bizayr and Tashmisha Mitzvah. So what do you do? Eli Yisrafena. You should burn it. So minute number one is to burn the Arabos. Minute number two, the Elia Rabin, Simitafri Samachdal, quotes a Tanya Rabasi, who says, Minog Pashut Biodenu, Shekibalnumi Avosenu, Laacha Shenigmru Mitzvah Saravak Shiotim Besa Knesses, after we finish with the Mitzvah, Kal Echad Molech Arav Lebeso, that what do you do with the with the arovos uh, when you're done with it? Bring it home and it should be your teddy bear, your blankie that night. Not that you have teddy bears or blankies, but make the arovos the thing you go to sleep with at night to keep you com- you know to, to give you comfort because you love the mitzvah so much. That's what the, that's a second minog of what to do with the arovos. Then I assume after that you burn it or you throw it out or something. But at least to show this extra chib of mitzvah, a third. Uh, Minog, I found in a number of Achronish uh, Svarim, the Segula uh, Svarim say that you try to save at least a piece of it. They say that it's somehow a school if you keep a piece of uh, the Arava in your wallet, it's a school for Parnasa or to protect you from being robbed or something. They also mention that if you mix it with the wax from the Yom Kippur candles, somehow that uh, has more school powers. So if you're into schoolers or whatever, uh, so you should. I guess uh, now you know the, an, another skula. And if you want people to, to listen to schoolers, you have to say it's a skula for Parnassah. God forbid you say it's a skula for Yerushalayim. No one's going to be interested. Then we have a, 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 another possibility of what to do with the Arabs. Beis Yosef writes in some Tafresh Samach Dalit, B'Shem the Re'em, that it's also to get Hanah from the Arava after the Brachon Natila, unless you made a Tanai Me'ikara, because it's hooked so the Mitzvah for the entire day. And he writes that uh, that they would they would they, they would save the Aravos to do another mitzvah with. Well, what's the other mitzvah? So he says, They would use it to uh, to burn the chametz on 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 Pesach. And then he says that uh, that that uh, in Darke Moshe writes that the Marivail and the Maril. Anshe Maisa Noagin, that the Anshe Maisa had a minute not for Chametz for Pesach, not to burn the Chametz for Pesach, but what? Lefos Matzos Ba'atseha Arava, to save the Atseha Arava to use for the fire that you can use to bake matzos. So that's another minag of what to do with the Arav. In Shulchan Aruch, in Tafresh Samach Dal, in Siftes, the Ramah writes, V'nagul matzos lasos mitzvah. You want to use them for another mitzvah, save them six months, and you'll use them to bake your matzos with when it comes time for Pesach. So that's the minute that's actually quoted in Shulchan Aruch. To take the Arava, Ramah at least, take the Arava, save it, 
and you'll use it to bake your matzahs with it. Now, where does the top of the Aron come from? So this minag is quoted by the Marsham in Chelek Dalit Simen Nun Gimel, and he writes that it's, it already appears in the Malbusha Yom Tov. Who was the Malbusha Yom Tov? Malbusha Yom Tov was written by, as you might have guessed, the same author as the Tosvos Yom Tov, except it's his commentary on the Levush. Tosvos Yom Tov goes back a few centuries already. Tosvos Yom Tov was a Talmud of, anyone know this? A Talmud of the Maralmi Prague. In fact, in Dr. Schnarr Lyman's lecture about whether the Maralmi Prague created a golem, whether there's any truth to the idea that the Maralmi Prague actually created a golem. If you never heard the lecture, I'll spoil it for you right now. He didn't. But in, the, the, in, in his lecture about that, at the end of the lecture, he says, it's not, uh, the question is not whether the Maral of Prague could have created a golem. The question is whether he did create a golem in fact. But he says, but beside that, that it's not impressive that the Maralmi Prague would or would not have created a golem. What's impressive is that the Maralmi Prague created the Tosas Yantiv. That for sure he did. That he has a Talmud of Tosas Yantiv. That's a much more impressive accomplishment. So Tosas Yantiv in the Sefer Malbusha Yom Tov on the Levush, a commentary to the Levush in Tafri Samukdal at Osalif, is quoted by the Marsham as having said to throw the Aravos on top of the Aron Kodesh. Only one little problem. If you look at the Malbusha Yom Tov, he doesn't say that. He says that that Zorkinoso al Hazizin that they would throw him onto the ledges in the base medrash and um, and he quotes uh, some basis for that idea but it clearly makes no mention of throwing it in the, on the Aron, just that there's some place in the shul that the Aravos are going to be on but not, it doesn't say on the Aron Rav Sternbach in in footnote number 4 writes that the minig is to throw in the Aron Kadosh and he says why do we throw in the Aron Kadosh? because the halacha is in Shulchan very clear you're not allowed to throw them on the ground you're not allowed to step on them What's the one place you can be sure nobody's going to step and no one is going to be knowing Bizayon? On the Aron Kodesh. So that's why we throw it on the, the Aron Kodesh. And then he says, it could be that it's, we do it as a Zecher to what they did in the Beis HaMikdash. That in the Beis HaMikdash, there was Zok from Osam al Mizbeach. So uh, that, maybe that's why we put it on the, the, the Aron Kodesh, too, because the Aron Kodesh represents the, uh, the Mizbeach. Meaning, when you look at the Mikdash Ma'at, and everything in the shul is meant to mimic something in the Beis HaMikdash, the Aron Kodesh is the Mizbeach, and that's why maybe that's where the minute comes from, says Rav Surbach. What's the problem with that? If you had to identify uh, what in the Mikdash the Aron Kodesh represents, yeah, probably the Aron, right? What would represent the Mizbeach? The Bima. Yeah, very difficult, no? Um, the practice uh, probably is based on the idea that since you can't use it again, uh, because they would always buy separate ones for each person in the family. That was a minute that they buy separate aravas bundle. So we, you don't want uh, people didn't want it. They, they didn't want people taking it home. So uh, you know, mommy could use it or Bubby could use it. So they would leave it in shul and you'd buy a separate one for whoever is, is, is home. But the dalminim aren't thrown on the aron kodesh because the dalminim can be brought home so that your mother or your sister or whoever wasn't in shul that day should be able to still take dalminim that day. Now, as I mentioned before, the mechaber does have several restrictions on what you can do with the Aravos, um, because we don't want them to be mistreated. So in Tuf Reish Samach Dalit Sivches, he writes, Yesh mi shomer shoshana shabalulav avplish and nizrekes e'en lefsawalah, in all that a step on it, the Meshavur points out the same is true, not only of the Hoshana shabalulav, but the Aravos that you use for Hoshanos 
as well. In the Sharetzi, and he quotes from the Chayi Adam, not to throw it on the ground. And he says, but he doesn't really understand that. He says, why not? Why can't you throw it out? So he says, maybe uh, you shouldn't throw it. Maybe it's because uh, it's it's Ashba Ein Nizrakin, that he means just that you shouldn't throw it in the garbage, but not that there's a problem of throwing it anywhere else. But you could uh, you could d- dispose of it in a respectful way. Shulchar Chuzant say in the very next if Yesh Mishomer Sha'asuli Hanos Minar Avelachem Netilasa. You know, I'll let it get Hanoa. Uh, after the Natila. He says as a Yesh Misha Omer. That's always a tricky thing. If the Shulchar quotes Yesh Misha Omer but doesn't quote a dissenting opinion, doesn't quote anyone that says otherwise, why did he say Yesh Misha Omer? Why didn't he just say it? So that's an interesting discussion in Poskin as to what the Shulchar's Kavana when he does that is. Sometimes he's trying to draw your attention to the idea that it's a Das Yachid and that we don't really pass him that way. Other times, He's uh, trying to, uh, he is passing that way. It's just that it's a, a topic that hasn't been discussed by very many Rishonim and Achronim. So since there's only one Rishon that talks about it, he quotes it as a Yesh Misha Omer, but maybe it is widely accepted. Um, it makes sense that there was a minute to keep the Aravas in shul, since each shul used to have their own matzah baking. So if the idea was to hang on to it till you bake the matzahs, so the best place to hang on to it is in shul. But we haven't really justified why it's okay to throw it in our own Kodesh. I mean, now we understand. We understand why they would want to keep them in shul. You don't want anyone stepping on it. You want it in a safe place. But our own Kodesh, Tashmishi Kedusha. So as I was looking at the Aron Kodesh, I stopped doing it a few years ago. I used to do whatever everyone else did. I threw the Hashanah's mother of the Aron Kodesh. That's what everyone else did. A few years ago, I don't know, I became uncomfortable with it. I started thinking about it. I stopped doing it personally, but I never made a big stink about it in my shul. So it's still, so most people in the shul are still, they still throw it. And I was looking this morning at the top of the Aron Kodesh, and it looks pretty nice. Uh, you know, to have nice greenery, because again, miraculously, it's still green, but to have nice greenery on top of the Aaron Kodesh, not so bad, it looks pretty nice. I was thinking, maybe that's the answer, that you're allowed to decorate that which is Tashmish Kedusha to make it to make it nicer, right? You're allowed to have nice weave work on your uh, mantle of your Sefer Torah to make it look uh, look beautiful and beads and whatever else they put on it to make it look nice. So it could be that that's the hetter. That the hetter is just that it, it makes it look nice. Like you put flowers on Shavuos by the Aaron Kodesh or something like that. It could be that that's, uh, that's a good enough hetter. Now we might explain why we don't put the other of the Dal. We don't put the uh, Lulav on because the Lulav wouldn't make it look very nice probably. But the Aravos happen to look nice. The green, the dark green color of the Aravos happen to look nice. I once heard B'Shem um, Rav Wolfson from Torah of Das, Meshkiach, that the, 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 the idea of the Arava is that you take the lowest thing, which is the Arava, and you put it in the highest place. And that which is part of the idea of Sukkot, we spoke about for those who are by me, by the Cholomoyed uh, Sukkot, by the Simchus Beis HaShueva, is that you take the Solus Garden Viakev, that which is the lowest thing, and you turn it into the Tzila Nusa. You turn it into this, uh, you know, being in the in the presence of the Shechina. That's Rav Hutner's explanation of Ani Vaho, is you take the Chiruk, which is the Nukuda on the bottom, and Vaho, and you put it on uh, on the top of the, the letter in the next in the next word. That's the whole idea. So of uh, the uh, the whole Yamtiv is to take that which is very low and elevate it. So maybe that's part of the idea of the Minag is we take the Arava Dafka, that which is the lowest, and we elevate it on top of the Aron Kodesh. Okay, but this is some of the explanations that are uh, that are given for this somewhat unusual minhag.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 